Yes. 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 Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Appreciate that, Jesse. All right, Hebrews chapter number three, and uh, find your place there. And uh, I've been enjoying this uh, study in uh, the book of Hebrews, and I hope you have as well. The fall festival, by the way, I should have said this, it was amazing. And uh, I had a really good time last night. I enjoyed myself watching everybody and uh, watching the youngins out there. And uh, it was always a good time, and I appreciate all the participation. And uh, last night, I took pictures around the cakewalk, and it looks like we had 950 people around that cakewalk. And uh, anyhow, uh, uh, they was, uh, was some folks looking for a cake on that thing. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I don't either. Why you got to ask questions? All right, <laughs> we, will have, we will have it this Tuesday night. We will not, we'll be in church that next Tuesday night. And then uh, we'll, be, we'll be right on until Christmas. And when we get to Christmas, I think we, we, won't, we probably won't have college the 20th or the 20th and the 27th. You're welcome. All right. I was asked yesterday by several people about the college. So if you're in here, if you're not, whatever. But uh, our college, Tuesday nights, we start a new quarter this Tuesday night. So if you want to get in, be a good time to jump in on that. And uh, at 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock on Tuesday nights, uh, we have a good group, big group. And uh, there's 50, 50 to 70 people out there, a good crowd, big crowd. And uh, anyhow, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, we'll provide the material for you. All you have to do is show up, all right? All right, uh, where was I before I was so rudely interrupted? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, Miss Diane. Uh, but I do want to say thank you for everybody and all the hard work that went into the, uh, the uh, fall festival and all the planning that went on. Hey, it's a, I love this because I honestly don't have anything to do with this this is done by people in our church and uh my part stops when i set the date that's all the, that's all they'll let me do they, <laughs> they tell me when do you when do you want it done that's the end of it for me and and miss Teresa, my wife miss miranda dalton all them they they're the ones that put that whole thing together and uh, people in our church and uh, i want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart i appreciate all that you did and uh it was a blessing it was a good time I enjoyed the fellowship out there and uh, look forward to having the next one. All right, Hebrews chapter number three, and uh, I'm not really sure where we're at because I messed up last week and I read ahead. Y'all remember I told you I wanted to read a few more verses and I, I'm not really sure how much I, I did cover. That's where I thought I was at, Miss Tracy, was right there. Uh, but I'm gonna go backwards uh, just a few verses and uh, I know I preached verse number six, and uh, let's go to verse number seven, okay? Uh, I remember teaching on verse number six, and, uh, but verse number seven and down, I think I just read. And uh, if not, if I have taught some of it, we'll move on pretty quickly and get to 12 and on down, all right? All right, is everybody good? Hebrews chapter number three, verse number seven. The Bible says, Wherefore, 
As the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. And uh, this was, that word provocation there is a rebellion. And uh, this is what, this is how God looked at Israel when they refused to go into the land of Canaan. This is a particular uh, 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 reference to uh, Numbers where they sent the spies in and the spies went into the land of Canaan. Twelve spies went in. Ten came with an evil report. Two gave a good report. The two that gave the good report was Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them gave an evil report of the land. Uh, If you go and you study any of that, if you go and you read all of that, you'll find out that those ten spies came back and they said that that land was everything God said it was. But, it said, but they said, we're not able to take the land. And uh, basically what they were saying was, God is telling the truth, <laughs> but we're not going to trust him. All right, now listen to me, because this is going to be our, this is where we're going to be focused in primarily all morning as far as Sunday school goes. It's one thing to know the promises of God. It's another thing to trust them, all right? It's another thing to trust them. And when you and I don't have uh, a belief in God, all right, this unbelief, and we all say, well, I believe in God, I believe in God, and everybody in here would say they believe in God, but do we live our lives as though we believe everything? Now, that's one of those things, that's the question that really hits home because a lot of us don't live our life as if God is true and everything else is a liar. Is everybody all right? And how God looked at that was that it was rebellion. So you have to remember, God delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians, all right? Ten plagues, they got to see. They got to see all of these things, all right? Firsthand, all right? They got to see their deliverance. They got to see going through the Red Sea. I do remember teaching on some of that. They got to go, they went through the, the Red Sea. They seen all that got, they got on the other side. They seen water come out of a rock. They seen all, God had done all kind of miracles to prove who he was. And then standing on the border of Canaan, they said, God can't do this. Amen. Is everybody all right? Now we look at that and say, man, if I'd have seen all them things, I would have trusted God. But you and I have a record of all those things. And though you and I may not have seen the parting of the Red Sea, we have a record of the parting of the Red Sea. And hey, you can't deny it. It's it's not only in our Bible, it's in history books. It's been recorded throughout time in caves and everything else. It happened. And yet, how many times do we have unbelief. Uh, the, the disciples in the boat, you remember Jesus told them, he said, oh, ye a little faith. But how many times have you and I, is everybody all right? We, we, like to, we like to look at the stories in the Bible and say, I can't believe they did that. But the truth is, is that we do this every day. And the way God looks at it was that it was rebellion. So he says, harden not your hearts as in the day of rebellion or the day of provocation. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter 
into my rest, all right? Now, we will move on from that because I want you to see in that particular context from verse number 7 down through verse number 11, we are talking about the children of Israel. Now, is fixing to, now he's fixing to be talking to us, all right? And it's going to be pretty much the same story. We like to look back and say, I can't believe they've done that. But now we're going to see that we do the same thing. All right. So in verse number 12, he says, take heed, brethren. Once again, he's talking to us. Is everybody all right? If you save, say amen. amen. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So here, unbelief is... Uh, um, is is joined with the thought of evil. Everybody all right? Unbelief isn't just something that you work on. Unbelief is a sin. I want you to think about that. Unbelief is sin. Unbelief, say, well, I, I, I've got to work on my belief or my faith, I, I, I have to work on it and get better at it. No, that's not how it works. You know what God has done. So when there's unbelief, according to scripture, it's evil heart or sin. Is everybody all right? Any questions on that? Because I know some of you, y'all thinking, no, preacher, no, unbelief is not sin, but it is. It's saying, God, I hear what you're saying. But I'm not buying it. It, it. It's not saying, it's not, uh, uh, it, 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 I, I don't know how to word it exactly, but it, it's basically an unwillingness to trust God. It's not by accident. It's not something that you and I grow into. It's, it's literally an unwillingness to believe what you and I know to be true. Is everybody all right? Man, this thing was hitting me. I'm talking about punching me in the gut. Yes, sir. Okay. Ten months, you was in fear. That's what you said. You had fear. All right? All right? So the Bible says this about fear. It said, the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear. I think a lot of people take this out of context and we say, oh, God ain't given us, God ain't made it. But what I want you to see in that is that fear comes, it's a spirit. And basically what you're telling us and what you're, 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 you're asking or saying here is that you were under a spiritual attack. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? It's a difference between, there's a difference between being under a spiritual attack and having a complete unbelief. Um, while you were in, in your spiritual attack, how many of y'all have been through it? I know I have. You, you question a lot of things. Uh, but unbelief is knowing. You know this is the truth, and I choose not to believe it. 
And this is sin. When you and I know the truth and we refuse to believe it, this is sin. They knew the truth. They, the way God looked at that thing was you've seen, and I read it, you've seen all my works. You've seen all that I've done. And then you refused. They rebelled. We're not going to do this. God said, I give you. See, they had a command. God said, I'll give you the land. God said, I, I, I won't drive the Canaanites out all at once lest the land be desolate. He said, but little by little, I'll drive them out. He says, I'll be with you. He said, I'll send my spirit before you. He said, I'll send my angel before you. He even said, I'll send hornets before you. He said, but the land is yours. It's yours. It, it, it's yours. You, you own it. It's your land. And they stood on the border and they went in and they spies went in and they said, man, it's everything God said it was going to be. But we, we, we can't do that. And, 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 and a lot of that was caused by fear of those giants <laughs> because they, one of their, one of their uh, 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 excuses were there'd be giants in the land and we'd be as grasshoppers in their sight. And uh, it was an unbelief. And when we get to this place in our life, according to the Bible, it's a sin. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse number 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. I'm going to stop there for just a few moments. I want to talk about this for just a few moments, this exhorting one another. You and I, for us to exhort one another, we have to be in fellowship with one another. You can't exhort. Is everybody all right? You can't exhort. Are you okay? You need a cough drop? <laughs> all right. So if we can't exhort one another, we got, a, we got water about her. Go with her, Miss Stacy, and make sure she... Thank you, ma'am. All right. So to exhort one another, you and I have to be in fellowship with one another. I need somebody to hear me right here. Um, I, I was reading a, uh, uh, I, I was reading a, a, a poll, I don't even know what you call it, but they were talking about uh, today, in, in today's world, 78% of Christians believe that they can be good Christians without attending church. Okay, that's, now, now listen, y'all stay with me. 78% of the people that was polled, as far as this goes, their, their numbers, that what they're saying is 78% of professing Christians believe that they can be good Christians without attending church. That's not how God designed it. God died for the church. If you need that verse, it's in or, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter number 5. I believe it's in verse number 23 or 25, somewhere right in there. But anyhow, uh, 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 Jesus Christ died for the church. The Holy Spirit, that one spirit, giveth out, all right, gifts in the church. Those gifts in the church are used to edify the body or to build up the body so that we can 
Y'all help me. Are y'all awake? Exhort one another. So, so I need you. You need everybody else in this room. We, we, we have the idea that church is optional. And, and, we, we, and it even become more prevalent when, when COVID came and everybody sat at home and watched it on TV. It's not the same. You, you, you're not in the fellowship at home watching it on TV. Right? It's not the same. Because at home, your gift is not being used to exhort one another. The only way that we can do this is together. Say, well, I don't need everybody. I just need one person. But the problem is they might not need you. <laughs> the fact is, is God give us the body. When, 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 when they talk about the gifts and when they talk about the church, they talk about it, we're, we're Christ's body. And all of us have a different function, all right? Some of us are the hands of God. Some of us are the feet of God. Some of us are the nose of God. I can't figure that one out. Some of us are the mouth of God. Does everybody understand? There's different points. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter number four, I believe it is. Let me get over there real quickly. And uh, y'all give me just a second. I'm doing this on the fly. Ephesians chapter number four. Um, y'all didn't believe me about the other, so I'm going to, uh, uh, what y'all laughing about? And uh, anyhow, uh, <clears throat> I know how y'all are, a bunch of sinners. All right. So yeah, it was Ephesians 5, 25. I'm going to read that verse before I go to four, all right? It says, husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's what the Bible says. That's what God's inspired word wanted you to know that he gave himself for the church. All right. But go, now let me get back where I'm at. So in verse in chapter number four, um, it, it, it talks about these gifts that are given in the church. And it says that we, uh, it says, and, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's verse number 12 of chapter number four. The perfecting is not that we be made perfect as in without blemish. The perfecting is, is that we grow or mature as Christians. And so God has given these gifts to the church for the purpose of growing or maturing the Christian, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, which we know all of us are different, and so we are different parts of the body. Is everybody with me? Amen. All right. Now, verse number 15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Once again, we're growing, we're maturing into Christ or into the body and Christ being the head of that body. Now listen to verse number 16. From whom 
the whole body fitly joined together. Go, 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 Miss Tracy, go to Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 16. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 16, so everybody can see this. All right, once again, these gifts were given for the maturing or the perfecting of the body so that we could grow and that we would grow in him, him as the head. Verse number 16, from whom the whole body, that's us, say it with me. The whole body is us, say it, us. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. Is everybody all right? You, you, I, do we understand together? Do we understand joined? Do we understand compacted? We can't do that when you in the recliner at the house and I'm here. All right, is everybody with me? So from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. That means that you supply something that the church needs and doesn't have. I need somebody, y'all are my age and older, some of y'all are older, let's just be honest, the joints don't work like they used to. <laughs> Me and Brother Sheldon was talking about last night, I'm fixing to get back in the gym just so I can move again. I, I, I've been out of the gym for over a year and my legs don't work like they used to, amen. And I told him, I said, I'm going to get back in the gym, I got to get back in the gym, get my knees working with all, all this stuff. Why? Because if we... Avoid it. If we stay out of it, we're not getting what we need. Man, I, I love this verse, man. I, I, I love this verse. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That is a great verse. How can anybody as a Christian say, I don't need church? When God says, we need every joint, each one of us supplies something to the body that the body needs. And so uh, when we go back to Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse number 13, he says, when he says to exhort, but exhort one another daily, how can we do that if we aren't in fellowship? Because exhorting is strengthening. We're to strengthen one another. Is everybody with me? It has the meaning of coming alongside and, and helping, supporting. And he says, while it is called today, while it is called today, listen, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Man, this was, the, uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm looking at this. How many people have hardened their hearts toward the church through the deceitfulness of sin? I don't need the church. 
And so I'm not going to attend church. And then they start getting little by little into sin. Listen here. If sin told you everything it was going to do to you from the onset, you wouldn't do it. I need somebody to help me. The husband wouldn't cheat on the wife if he knew he was going to lose everything. And his kids. Y'all help me. Uh, it, it seems like it's all right in the moment, but that's how sin works. It's deceitful. And, and if we allow it to stay in our lives, sooner or later, it hardens us. I need somebody to help me. How many of you have ever been around, and I see it all the time, and maybe you have too, but somebody gets out of church. They start missing here or there. Then it's even more. Then it's even more. And the next thing you know, They've been hurt by the church. Stay with me. What really happened was they were deceived by sin. And eventually, it hardened their heart. And this is why it is so important. (laughs) I'm not after your money. This is why it's so important if we're going to grow if we are going to mature as Christians, we need each other. And we have to understand that because if we don't understand that, then we set ourselves up for the deceitfulness of sin, which will lead us to a hard heart, which will bring us to unbelief. See, the, hard, the, the unbelief, why, what, why did they have unbelief? Rebellion, but they, it was defined. Why did they have unbelief? Because of a hard heart. Deceitfulness of sin will lead to a hard heart, which, which will lead to an unbelief and a departing, in verse number 12, from the living God. Does everybody see that? Verse number 14. For we are made partakers of Christ. That's, that's awesome. That means that when I got saved, I, I got some more with it. I'm a partaker with Christ or of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now this isn't teaching that we lose our salvation. I'm fixing to show you how these, two, how these two correlate. What we read 7 through 11 and now what we're reading now, we're fixing to tie it all together. Verse number 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Once again, talking about Israel and their rebellion. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Who was it? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? God didn't take it too kindly. I'm going to move on. And verse number 18 and 19. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? 
but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. All right, so is rest here talking about heaven? No. Thank you, Brother Rick. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So in Israel's day, rest was, enter into God's rest. God's rest was Canaan. Right or wrong? All right. Let me ask you this. Had they been delivered from from the Egyptians? Had they been delivered through the Red Sea? Had they matured out in the wilderness? Water, God doing all kinds of things. Taking care, right? All right. So what was rest? Rest was Canaan. What does Canaan, what is Canaan? What does that mean to us? That was the will of God for them. That was not only the will of God, that was the perfect will of God. Let me say it this way. There is a permissive will of God, and that's what God allows you to do because you won't trust him all the way. And then there's a perfect will of God. In the perfect will of God, there is rest. Had they gone into Canaan, defeated all the Canaanites, had drove them all out, they would have had perfect, say it with me, rest. But they didn't trust God, okay? Now, how do we fall in it? Does this rest mean heaven? No. It's the perfect will of God for your life. We we struggle and fight and do all these things throughout our entire Christian walk and life because we do not trust God and so we never enter into His rest. Or his perfect will. We end up getting some of, man, this is good. I don't care who you are, right? We end up getting some of God, but not all. We end up giving God some of us, <laughs> but not all. And what ended up happening, everybody, stay with me. We end up being deceived by sin. We end up, before you know, and I've seen it happen and you have too. We watch people as their hearts literally harden. And they depart from God. Now, does that mean they lost their salvation? No. But they're not enjoying God's rest. And this is where the church is today. It really is. We got, we got 90% of our nation claiming to be Christians and we're anything but a Christian nation. Amen. Our elections have proven that we're not a Christian nation. And I, I know it's going to hurt some people's feelings, but, but you cannot look at the platforms of the two parties and say that we're a Christian nation or we're pushing any kind of Christian or biblical beliefs at all. And we're just going farther and farther down. Everybody all right? Hardening our hearts to the Lord. And sooner or later, can I say this and everybody not put me on CNN? God's going to judge. And when he does, we're going we're gonna to make an excuse for it. Like we always do. Because bless God, we can't have God. We can't have God doing stuff like that. He needs to stay in his own lane. In his safe space. Is everybody all right? The truth is, I believe it. God's still very much capable of judging us. We better be careful. And the church better be careful. 
We need one another. Everybody look at me. I need you. You need me. You need everybody else in here. Our job is to exhort one another. Build each other up. Strengthen each other. Supplying what we don't have to the next. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for Sunday school this morning. Lord, I pray that you bless the 11 o'clock hour, and God will give you all the honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.